Welcome to the Worship Leader Probs Podcast, where we aim to entertain, encourage, and equip worship and tech leaders all around the world. Look, we all know that serving in worship and production is great, but the problems, those are real. Thanks for joining us as we dive into today's episode with our host, Brian Tabor. Welcome to episode 171 of the Worship Leader Probs podcast. Guys, I have such a treat for you today. I can't even find the words to describe what you're going to experience today. So I am here in Paradise, Indiana, in the home of Longyear. <laughs> so the big Arrivederci, Pastor Scott Longyear is here. And my oldest friend, Sam Lynn is here. Just to erase any confusion, <laughs> oldest does not mean like he's my oldest friend. Like of all of my friends, he's, he's the, the oldest, oldest of them. Right. He's <laughs> been oldest, he's tenured. Longest tenured. He's tenured. I've been right? friends with him the longest. He's tenured. Can we say oh, longest man. friend instead of oldest friend? Sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So we're going to have a lot of fun today, you guys. So, you know, the three E's, we talk about those every week. We are here to entertain, encourage, and equip. Um, we're definitely going to do that. And you know what I would love for you to do? If you would do us a solid, head over to Apple Podcast, leave us a five-star rating and a solid review. Like, leave us something crispy, something really, really nice. We would be so, so grateful. Um, okay, guys, I've already introduced uh, these two amazing dudes. So let's do this. Yeah. Pastor it, Scott. Let's do We're it. excited. Hey, before we get too far, though, let's talk about uh, the sponsor for our episode today. We got this sponsor, and they're they're the best in the business. So, Sammy, I got you. Do you do? So, you use Planning Center. I use Planning Center. I feel like I've you know I've been around so long. I've used it since all day, all day. But anyway, <laughs> uh, have been using Planning Center services forever. But I want to tell you about Church Center, and um, and Church Center Publishing. Our church is actually just within the last two or three weeks started using Church Center. It is a free app that your congregation can use. But what it does is it takes other parts of Planning Center, integrates them all together. Um, you can give the people in your church access to an app where they can connect to the life of your church by doing stuff like um, checking in their families. Uh, giving can be done through it. You can join groups. You can manage their personal profile information, register events. And of course, as many of us are familiar with, reply to their scheduling requests oh, come on. from Planning Center. Hit the and green of course, button. they only say accept. <laughs> right. Hit the green button. So anyway, <laughs> learn more about all of that at planningcenter.com slash church center. Guys, so here we are. Three Hoosiers, right? <laughs> right now, the Indiana Hoosiers are playing Illinois in the Big Ten Tournament. Uh, it's tight. It's tight. It's tight. We're, <laughs> but we're, we are focused on you. We are focused on you, the listeners. So how's everybody doing? Good, man. You know, I think it's, uh, so it's March, right? And if you live in the Midwest, it's like you get this taste of spring and then March always comes and just punches you in the face. It's actually snowing right now. Yes, right. it is. That's March the 11th. Yeah. We got That's snow falling. <laughs> it was like almost 80 degrees on Saturday and today we have snow. They're like, psych! Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's how it is. I'm a week away from going on spring break and it's snowing outside. Oh, all yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Man. All right. Yeah, there you go. What a bummer. What a bummer. <laughs> It is a um, okay, so I got a question for you two dudes. What is the last song that you played on your phone? Last song I played on my phone? I don't know. I will tell you this. It was probably uh, I Speak Jesus because I got that on repeat, man. So good. Right now. We're introducing like, that this weekend, man. Are you? Charity yeah. So good. Yep, yep. Yeah. Good, good, good song. Yeah. We yeah. thank you, Jesus, for so the blood, good. but we haven't done it. Oof, so good. So good. What yeah. about you, Sam? I speak Jesus is what it's Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to go in the way back time machine. Do you remember a band, a Christian band named Whiteheart? Oh, oh yeah. My, yeah. So I was all about Urban Renewal. Isn't that Whiteheart? All about, yeah. Time to all do some about good. Whiteheart. I mean, I was all about them. And for some reason, I was on the nostalgia train yesterday 
So I listened to like three or four albums straight. Let's go. When you say album, right Sam, hand. did you did you pull out the cassette tapes? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> on Spotify. I was listening okay, to Okay, all right. But I'm ashamed <laughs> to admit, I, d I don't have cassette tapes, but I do have the CDs. It's wonderful digital yeah. quality. But man, they were... Cassettes are coming it, back. It I think so. They're making a comeback. <laughs> They're making rocks. a comeback. Check right? them out on Spotify if you... It, nice. It was awesome. White yeah, Heart. That was, man, that's White some, Heart. White Heart. Okay, so we got chaired again. White Heart? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So... When I was in college, one of my favorite singers, Steve Green. Yes. Some of our listeners may not know who that is. You know, people need the Lord, God and God alone. He holds the keys. Come yeah, on. Uh, original lead singer for Whiteheart, Steve Green. Yeah. If you go, really? you can go on Spotify. Yeah. I did not know Spotify. that. Yeah. You can go on Spotify. Look up the first two Whiteheart albums, Steve Green singing rock and roll. Yeah. Crazy. No kidding. Yeah, it'll Crazy. blow your brain. Well, then I know they had another shift after at least two, uh, uh -huh. another guy and then another guy after that. Uh -huh. Like, I don't remember. That's It's been a, it's yeah. been a minute Crazy. since then. But they, they were, isn't it interesting how, this is just the power of music that I think we forget about. But it was, I remember in my formative years as a follower of Jesus, just the impact that that, that made. Because it just, huge. Really, it, it oh, was like, huge. wow, other people believe this and they're, yep. they're de declaring this. There's something that it, it did. And there. by the way, it wasn't everywhere back no. then oh like no. if you're if you're no, no, growing no, no. up in the present day with iphones and itunes right. and all this stuff, back in our day kids yeah right yeah. we I had mean, to go to a store and listen right. to yeah. them on their headphones you had like a handful of artists you could listen to i mean yeah oh man. come on yeah come on Woo. so i'm i was i was rolling down to paradise today and i was listening to uh I'm going to be on a different spiritual level than the two of you. I was listening to uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat with Donny Osmond. Give me my color wow. coat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amazing exactly. color coat. It's good stuff, man. There's some good, good tunes in there. There are some man. good tunes. There are some good tunes. In there. Yeah. And Donny Osmond's got a cannon, man. Yeah. Dude can sing. Hey, I, I, I do love me some musical theater yeah. stuff. It's strong. I like, it's strong. Yeah. That's I a, like that'd it. be a nod to Papa Gorley. He's our uh, resident. <laughs> nod uh, to Papa that's Gourley. right. That's He's right. Musical right. theater guy. <laughs> so, okay. Last year, all three of us were at Experience oh, Conference. Yeah, buddy. We were, yeah, right? we were. You're coming, Sam, this I am year. Indeed. Scott yes. is the can the conference pastor. He will be there. Uh, so here's the deal. September 6th through the 9th at Walt Disney World. You gotta be there. Yeah. You gotta be there. Yeah, as we be. say, it's like the greatest. It's just a, it's becoming a family reunion. Yes, it is. You know, of just people who are there. And let me just run down a list of, of uh, a few people who are gonna be there. Like Mac Brock will be there. Meredith Andrews, Andy Rozier, Hope Darst, Jonathan Trainer, uh, John uh, our trailer. Sorry, John Egan, uh, uh, Taronda, Eddie Hoagland. Like, and this is not. You're like, oh, it's a festival atmosphere. But what's happening is over the years, like the stage has been lowered. Like yeah. these people are calling a lot of a lot of these artists and speakers calling us going, hey, can we be a part of this? We hear that God's right. really doing some moving that's here. And so you'll just become friends in workshops with people and going through uh, hallways with people. Also, this will be the first announcement of this. We've uh, oh, uh, is this a hot take? Drum roll. This is a hot take. Uh, yes. Come on, come on. Like Thrive will be joining oh, yes. us. Yes. Just man. recorded a live a live album, nice. and Thrive they actually uh, reached out like, man, we would love to be a part of what the Lord's uh, doing there. And we're That's like, well, so man, awesome. we'd love for you to be a part Fantastic. of that. We're also teaming up with Essential, and I can't even tell you what's happening because there's some pretty super cool surprises that are going on there. And we all, we, there's a big resource hall. We want to resource people all the time. Um, Heath Bottomley, that was just on our last podcast, who's uh, part of the leadership uh, that's there. With experience, he's kind of our, our point guy that's there. Uh, he and I are working on a resource, uh, a book on uh, worship leadership and just some some different things that are going to be, I think, super helpful for people super that we're hoping cool. to launch that's there. Awesome. So, man, Fantastic. just that's come awesome. join and us, join man. us. Yeah. And here's a special. If you can't afford to go, uh, it's Brian Tabor at WLP.com. <laughs> we'll give you his credit card uh, number and it's on it's on Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Fam, you can hit the link in our in our bio and and take you to right to the registration link. Just look for the experience conference uh, registration. It's going to be awesome. Seriously, like Scott and I have a little bit of a similar story in that I was toast, man. I was crispy. I was going down in flames. I was burned out. And uh, God led me to experience conference, and He met me there yeah. uh, about seven years ago in mm -hmm. such a powerful way. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's fantastic. And you know, it's at Walt Disney World, guys. I mean, 
Yeah, I Come might on. not lead with that when you're talking to your senior pastor. Right? Yeah, and exactly. I'll say this, if you're getting some pushback or like, I don't know, reach out to me, uh, scott at scottlongyear.com. And I would be happy to just kind of write you a little thing saying like, man, here's where this is benefit. Because uh, sometimes you need to get approval of senior right. leaders and all, and all that kind of stuff. But man, we could talk for hours about all the stuff that's going on with the experience. But so as good. I'm looking at the time, you know what time I, I realize what time it is? What time is it? What time is it? It's time for our favorite ep- part of the episode. Only second. Actually, it's usually our favorite. It's only second to the interview that's going to come up with our friend, Sam. Boom. But this is a little segment that we call Prayer Concerns. So, fam, you're, again, kudos. Your Prayer Concerns game has been... (laughs) So strong. They're bringing it. You are bringing it. You're bringing the thunder. The crowd is angry, my friend. Bringing the thunder. Exactly. So, okay, guys, you know, if you're new to the podcast, this is episode 171. So you got 170 other episodes. You can go back. It's, it is crazy. You can go back, listen, laugh, enjoy. And here's why we do this. We're all getting the same sort of feedback from our, our congregations. They like to let us know what they think. And sometimes they just don't think that much of, of <laughs> the job that we're doing. Right. So they, they, we, we share the, the unusual things that they write in a couple of weeks ago, we shared the unusual song requests that they make. Loved that one, it. that one's going to be coming Loved back. It. That one's going to be coming back too. <laughs> so uh, we share these on the podcast every week. You can send yours in anonymously. Uh, you can go to worshipleaderprobs.com, click on the prayer concerns tab and uh, submit yours anonymously. So let's dive right in prayer concern. Number one, we were once at church and we had a guy come and tell us that the bass guitar was too loud and we did not have a bass guitar on stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, there ain't no bass up here, brother. Man, it was just booming. I felt it right? in my chest today. The low end. You guys got to turn that down. <laughs> that's awesome. Just, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's, that's, would, that's what he was feeling. Yeah. I'd love to know how he responded. responded yeah, to that. exactly. Yeah. Wow. All right, number two, prayer concern number two. Someone commented on our live stream recently, there's no need for drums. It takes away our concentration. I just turn it off and move on. Wow. I'm going to have to agree with that. I think we could just do without drums. (laughs) (laughs) That is a facial. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, what's that? Sorry Sorry to the drummers. drummers. Love you, drummers. I think I just had to. Who hurt you? I think I would ask that. Do you have a drummer? Was it a drummer? (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, might have been a drummer. Hurting people hurt people. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Number three, prayer concern. Number three, this is a recent comment uh, that I had from a church member that came up to me and said, the worship team doesn't care about the older generation. You guys don't play enough hymns. I replied and said, Hey, we actually played two hymns in last week's Mm -hmm. service and we always play at least one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you played Holy, Holy, Holy. That's not really a hymn. We don't like that one. (laughs) How can you not... How can you not like holy, holy, holy? Like every every denomination I know sings holy, holy, right. holy. Yeah, yeah. It's and like if it's not a hymn, then what is a hymn? Scale, right. Yeah, it's an AW scale five. Like, how do you? Come on. Like, what? I would love. Yeah. Then what's your yeah, definition of a hymn? Well, I don't know that that right is it's an like end. guys. Come on. What? Yeah. De- come on. Define him, please. Check yourself before define you wreck him, yourself. Uh, all right. Number four. Prayer concern number four. This past weekend, a lady in my church approached me at the end of the service. She commented about how much she loved worship, but really wanted to know who everyone is on the team. Her solution? You know how everyone at an office has a nameplate on their desk? Could we get nameplates for every person that is up on the stage so we can know who they are during worship? And you, know you, you know how like you know how like on television networks they have that little square around the bottom of the microphone. You just have this little LED board that has her name on it every week. It says her first name on it. This oh is say God. name plates. Did you read name that right? Plates. She yeah. wants name plates, not name, name tags. Plates. I don't need you to key it. I yeah. need a name, name plate. We're looking for name plates. <laughs> name ah! plates. You guys. Let me go down. Hi, let me rewind and go down to things remembered oh. and get that engraved. <laughs> get a little oh engraving. Oh my gosh. Turn that into the treasure. Put on a gold chain oh hanging around everybody's. <laughs> there you go. Gold, gold chains. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, wow. Here's number five. Wow. Prayer concern number five. This is the last one in the bottom of the pudding cup. Prayer concern number five. We recently sent out an Easter survey asking people what would help you invite someone to church for Easter. One of the answers that we got back a new worship leader, 
The one we have now is embarrassing. Ooh. Oh, wow. That is cold-blooded right there. Wow. That was on a... That was savage. It was a... It was they a sent out street? a survey. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. That's savage, guys. <laughs> Ended on a little bit of a savage. And note. I'm sure they get, turned the Hot survey mic. in Hot anonymous, mic. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure right, 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 right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, so, fam, those are prayer concerns. Please keep yours coming. You can go to worshipleaderprobs.com, click on the prayer concerns tab and submit yours. Uh, You can also DM those uh, to us on Instagram. Well, let's head into the last segment of the podcast. We call it sliding into the DMs. And uh, we're going to talk about surviving criticism. Okay, so we're doing something today that I've wanted to do for a very, very long time. So like we all have this list of people, uh, you know, something important comes up in your life. Uh, These are the people you want to talk to. They have access to your life. They have, uh, you know, total uh, right to ask you all the tough questions. Uh, The people we talk to when we need counsel and prayer. So uh, the top two spots on my list are in the room today. Scott Longyear, and as we discussed earlier, my oldest friend, Sam Lynn. Uh, longest, longest friend. So it's an honor for me to be, you guys have, uh, you guys have made literally a lasting impact on my life and on my ministry. So love you both. And I'm love super too, grateful, man. super grateful. Uh, so Sam, the last couple of years, mm. utter craziness in the world. Yeah. Uh, here we are, top of 2022. How you doing? How's your family doing? Doing fine. We're one of the unique families that got to experience COVID twice. Nice. Um, the yeah. So I had uh, COVID and then a um, couple of members of the family got it. And then 14 months later, got it again. Post vaccinations. Mm. Oh my. Got it again. My, my. Just as sick as the first time. Wow. And, and by the time we were done, all of my family had had it. And then, of course, like many of our listeners, probably um, the last couple of years, we had some events that just didn't look like we'd hoped they'd look like. My son graduated from college. We didn't get to go. Mm-hmm. Um, my son's high school graduation did not happen. Mm-hmm. He didn't even get to walk. He didn't. So his high school didn't his high school graduation didn't happen. It happened. But you know what I mean? Uh, my wife's in education. And so her job has looked really super different. And then, of course, everyone who's listening who's in ministry, we all know how different our job has looked right, over the last right. couple of years. And, but yeah. what I can say is that, man, I have learned a lot of things I didn't know mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, learned a lot about streaming and <laughs> all that kind of stuff, different ways to engage with my people. <laughs> we all learned how to Zoom, yeah. uh, all sorts of different things. But the one thing I'd say, the coolest thing kind of came out of it for me is when our offices closed and we were spending so much time at home, um, it really allowed me to press reset on my time that I was spending with the Lord mm-hmm. and um, devoted Bible study and devotional and prayer time. And I, that is one thing that I I rediscovered really um, in a new, fresh way through the COVID thing and has lasted on the other side of it. So I can say that uh, none of us would have chosen that season. Mm-hmm. But if we look at what the outcome, I hope it's true for many people who are listening, that if you look at the outcome of the season, you would have said, I wouldn't have chosen that, but God did some great things through it. Mm. And so we're going to praise him for taking mm. us through mm. the season. And so that's, that's, that's kind of where we are. Our family's in a good place. Glad we got to spend all that time together. And uh, my relationship with the Lord is closer as a result of it. Mm. So. Good. So good. Well, Sam, we're super excited to have you today. Um, Talking about criticism, we shared some of this. Sam was one of our coaches in the WLP Coaching Network, and uh, when he did this session on criticism, man, it was just so, so rich and deep. We want to bring some of that in today. But as we slide into that, talk real briefly about your call to the ministry, because there, I think what we're discovering is there, there is a tie between criticism and call. That's the oh, really yeah, part of navigating sure. that. But but how are, how are you called, just in a, in a brief, brief explanation? Well, and maybe a little different than um, some others, but... Uh, I was, um, I just, I'll, I'll kind of give the Cliff Notes version. I was uh, born and raised in a Christian home, 
but I never really felt a call. I was always involved in music and in church and was involved in music even when I was in college, um, even sang in a group with Brian. That's kind of how we became buds. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, so I always knew I wanted to do music and enjoyed doing music. Um, but I never felt a call to it ministry-wise. I had studied marketing in school, um, uh, got engaged and moved to Evansville, Indiana, Brian's hometown and moved there and, um, was doing marketing type jobs. And in the midst of some change that was happening with one of my jobs, um, I had had the opportunity to be a guest worship leader at a church in Evansville. And, um, that conversation just kind of spurred them eventually asking, have you ever considered doing that? And, uh, I said, yeah, but I, I don't think it's anything my wife would want me to consider. And so we went into a season of really praying about it. And um, uh, long story short, um, I would say that I took or agreed to <laughs> begrudgingly, though, um, a call into ministry. Uh, I felt very strongly God wanted me to be the worship pastor at that church mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that he was calling me into ministry for the rest of my life. I just knew that's what he wanted. I, mm-hmm. I told him, I'll do what you want me to do. I felt very strongly that he wanted me to do that. So I said, yes. And that has subsequently led to an affirmation of, of his call on my life to be in ministry. So it's fantastic. Yeah. So fantastic. Yeah. There's a lot more details. Brian's a part of a lot of those details, but we'll save those for another day. A lot of water Mm -hmm. under the bridge. Uh Oh yeah. A lot of, so, okay. You've been that you're still at that church. I am. This is 24 years later. Indeed. Two, four. Yeah. That is rare air. So just on behalf of the rest of us in ministry, thank you. Thank you for staying. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, your, your church has been through some, we have, Tough some stuff, stuff some yeah. really tough stuff in, mm-hmm. in those 24 years and you're still there. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're also, we serve in a creative field in the local church. Yep. Um, and that can inevitably lead to some feedback from the <laughs> congregation, which is why we have prayer concern seg- segment. Um, you know, even, maybe even some criticism. So can you t- talk to us about, I mean, you know, here you are 24 years later, there are probably people listening that aren't 24 years old. And so what an, what an amazing breadth of experience you have had staying in the same location, the same church, walking with the same people. What are, what are some strategies that you have discovered for surviving when criticism happens? Cause it's going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think, I think I'd say there's basically, you need to kind of think of it three ways. And that is you need to think about what does it look like for me to, to, you know, what am I going to do before the criticism comes? Mm. What am I going to do once the criticism has arrived? And then what am I going to do afterwards? And I think the biggest thing to do on the front end of it, and this is something all of us can be doing when you're not in a season of criticism, is just make sure you're keeping a good, healthy perspective of yourself and your church and what it is you do. Um, don't be naive, but be open-minded, have your eyes wide open. Um Scripture says that we're supposed to speak, um, think of ourselves with sober judgment. And so, um, and then I'd say the other thing would be realize that being a leader means you signed up for criticism. So um, that is just how it is. It's, it's a simple statement, but it is absolutely the truth. And um, one of the other things I'd say is remember too, that, um, that, the more you invest in something, time and effort and resources and creativity and blood, sweat and tears, the more invested in it emotionally mm-hmm. you're going to be. Mm-hmm. So um, at the level at which we um, get our feelings hurt, the level at which we are affirmed may get out of whack based on how much we've invested in it. Mm-hmm. So I would just say... Um, just keep that in mind. Remember too, all of us know anything artistic is subjective. It's mm-hmm. subjective. There's going to be music that I like that you don't like. There's going to be art mm-hmm. that I like that you don't like. Um, and so it's subjective. And I think we want everybody to like everything we like. And the the truth is they're just not. 
And so, so I would, I'd keep that in mind. Then another thing I'd say is that, um, we were talking about this a little bit before the, the podcast first started recording. Um, be glad that, um, you attend a church of people who are passionate about worship Mm. and passionate Mm. about what's happening in their services. Mm. That's a really good thing. None of us would want to be a part of a church that the congregation didn't care about it. Mm. And so I think one of the things we need to realize that if you're receiving some criticism, one of the things that that actually acknowledges is it acknowledges your church as a passionate church. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's not a bad thing. Um, I'd also say another thing you need to do before the criticism comes is just make sure you're cultivating your relationship with Jesus, Yeah, that yeah. your identity is based in him, not something mm. else, not someone else, not the opinions of someone else. Mm. Mm. Um, uh, we've, I know you guys have talked about this on the podcast before, but we want to make sure we have a teachable spirit mm. that we realize there's things for us to learn. Um, Scott, I know you've talked about this before that, um, make sure that maybe you've developed a way that you can limit the criticism you receive. Mm-hmm. Um, I know at my church, um, a lot of the criticism that comes from worship, music, lights, sound, all of that stuff, those all those comment cards come through me. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. so I decide whether they get passed on to people or anything actionable is done about it. Yeah. And the degree to which any of us can have someone helping us do that is a good thing mm-hmm. um, to filter that. Then last thing I'd say about what we need to do beforehand is make sure you know that um, the difference between what you want to know and what you'd like to hear. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Let me give an example. Um, what I want to hear is often rooted in pride. And what I want to sure. know wow. is often rooted in something I want to be evaluated by. Mm. So let me give you an example. An example of maybe something if I admit I want to hear, I want to hear you tell me, man, you sounded great on that song today. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just killed that. Your voice is so good. Yeah. That third song right, was right. awesome. The mix was scintillating and thumping. The bass was thumping today. Lights were beautiful and gorgeous. But here's, you know, you're a great singer. But the bottom line is none of those things are necessarily things I want to know for evaluation purposes. Mm. So it's like being able to separate what I'd like to hear from what I'd like to know. So you guys talk about that kind of stuff all the time. Was there clarity in the mix? Did people engage and sing along? Did they pick up the new song? Mm -hmm. Was the melody easy to pick up on? Uh, Did, was the lyric clearly communicated? Like, it's just, I think beforehand, before the criticism comes, know the difference between what you want to hear And what you want to know. Does that make sense? Guys? Yeah, yeah. So, so say good. we set a pretty good base in that. Like yeah. that's a, and we've done that. But then, then comes the scalding. Mm. Then comes, I need to turn this in for a prayer concern. Then comes mm-hmm. what we think is a personal attack. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. What do we do when the criticism comes? Yeah, when the criticism comes. I, 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 I think we should all, um, as much as we can, look to God's word for that. And um, James 1.19 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. And uh, this is one of those where we all feel like we get, we get punched in the face when we hear this. But scripture says, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, mm. and slow to get angry. Yeah. I just kind of wonder if that's all that needs to be said about it. <clears throat> but that's kind of the truth. I mean, we should be quick to listen. And I think that infers that you're going to listen well. Um, Proverbs 15, 32 says, if you respect discipline, if you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. Mm, mm. But if you listen to it, you grow in understanding. And so, but I think part of what, so being a good listener, we could, we could do a whole podcast on what it means to be a good listener, but being a good listener means I'm not formulating my response while you're criticizing me. Man, I'm telling you in all the years of ministry I've been in, that is really hard to do. Someone's coming at me with their criticism and their feedback and it's, it's this and that. And all I want to do, I'm, I, I find myself sometimes not even really listening to what they're saying. Instead, I'm formulating my defense and we just need to fight that. I think that's what scripture is saying. It says, be quick to listen. So listen first, silly as it sounds, you got two ears, you got one mouth. Could be a funny joke that God is saying to mm-hmm. us. You should be listening twice as much as you're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't formulate a response. Give them your attention. Listen to what it is they're saying. Um, uh, just listen well. 
and then be slow to speak. Um, be deliberate when you do speak. Um, I think one thing worship leaders and creatives typically do is we respond with our heart and then we have to go back later and apologize for saying what we said or (laughs) saying it the way we said it. And so I think all of us could really benefit from choosing our words more carefully and being slow to speak. Um, And anytime that we don't do that, it's probably going to keep us from the truth we really need to know. Um, Mm. I think the other thing I find in a lot of the criticism in that moment is there's a lot of things that I think if I dug deep enough, this person and I would actually have in common Mm. that we could agree about and the degree to which I can affirm what it is that the both of us agree. Then all of a sudden it becomes a conversation about what we agree about. Mm. And here's these two little things that, that we maybe have differing opinions on. Mm. Um, but I, I always try to find, I always try to find some common ground and then when it's done well, appreciate it. And that is something I, I haven't done well until here later in my life, but the number of thank you notes that I've written in my life now, because someone pushed through the uncomfortability of having what was probably to them a hard conversation to come and tell me now, sometimes it doesn't feel too hard. It just feels like they're reacting and most of the prayer concerns probably just feel kind of off the cuff and jagged and real quick. But man, sometimes the criticism I receive, I can tell this person has taken some time to think about it. And man, if there's something that comes out of it that is actionable for me or something that I needed to hear or really benefited from, when's the last time any of us wrote a note to someone Wow. And said, thank you for the time. Wow. Thanks for taking the time to give me your feedback on that and sharing. Um, that's something I hadn't realized, or it's it's something that I want our team to reemphasize or whatever it might mean, something we did well. Um, and then if that's the case, then those are the kind of people then, if I develop that kind of relationship with those people, those are the kind of people I seek out for feedback. All of a sudden, somebody who was a criticizer of me, I developed common ground. We communicate well about it. I let them know that I appreciated their feedback. And then all of a sudden, I pull them into the camp of people. If they know where we are and they know what our directives are and what we really want, what our guidelines are, then maybe they become an ally to me as someone that I could say, for example, if they said the mix was horrible, I can just have a conversation with them in the hallway. Hey, we really worked hard on the mix this week, hoping you felt like it improved a bit. Mm -hmm. And whether, I mean, working on the mix is something we would have done anyway, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. But the fact that that person knows, hey, we both want the same thing. We want the mix to be clear. And then the last little so part good. of that scripture. So yeah, the last little part of that scripture is slow to get angry. And man, we all, we all certainly could uh, take a lesson in that and take that to heart. Um, we, again, we're creative types. We react emotionally and it's really easy for us to get um offended. Mm. Um, and we just need to be real careful with that. I, I saw somebody says, you know, don't make a big deal out of something that is not a big deal. Yeah. Don't, don't swat it flies with a sledgehammer. Oof. And <laughs> Come um, on. I mean, Come if, on. if, if really what they're criticizing me about is really kind of not a big deal or just not, then I can process that a little bit better. I can choose not to get angry about it. And then here's the hardest thing I think for worship leaders out there, particularly, particularly sound people, just fight against the, the inherent, um, uh, it's, it's just, you're going to have to fight against taking it personal. Mm. You just mm. are. Um, and I think when we hear even these prayer concerns, every time we laugh, we have a great time. It's we, part of what hurts though, there's always a part of us that hurts too, because we're imagining the person on the other end of that prayer concern. And it's, hard. It, it is. And I don't, I wonder if we ever get to the place where it's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's that. Cause it, because our work is personal. Our calling Absolutely. is personal. Right. Like we it put is. blood, sweat and tears it on is. this. And I think it's hard sometimes of like, they said they didn't like the song. They don't like me. That's they said right. they didn't that's like exactly the mix. Right. They don't right. like me. That's right. So how do you do? Cause I've been, I've been decimated by criticism. Me too. Um, and we often think like, Oh, if you've got this mm-hmm. or this is going on, you're not a crit. Like, I mean, uh, we've all there. Yeah. Absolutely. So so we've walked through the criticism, uh-huh. like now we're, now we're kicked and we're kind of laying at the side of the road, dealing with the residuals of that. Like, what do we do after the criticism comes after the person 
walks out of the of the church or yeah. the email's read or yeah. we become aware or whatever and we're just in that what what kind of advice would you give yeah us? and we're feeling tender as a result yeah. of it we're feeling right. kind of beat up and whatever. start a meme account yeah <laughs> that'd be one solution wouldn't it be yeah and anonymous at that time <laughs> meme account <laughs> yeah sorry anyway uh i i i'd say there's a couple things that come to mind for me one of the first ones would be and again, we're creative types. And one of the first things we want to do is surround ourselves with people who love us and care about us and make us feel justified in feeling how we're feeling. Mm. And man, friends, we got to be really careful about mm, doing mm, that. Mm. Um, mm. It could be really easy for all of us to find people that we already know. We don't even have to go to them and ask them. We know they're going to agree with us because they love us. And there's, there's, so I would say one of the first things to do when you get that criticism is really shrink the circle of the people you're going to talk to about it. Mm. just shrink the circle. It's not something you take to the whole team and say, Hey, do you guys think this is happening? But maybe there's two or three people you really trust two or three other people on the staff, two or three people in the congregation that you could go and say, Hey, you know, I haven't just dismissed this one because I know it's not true. I just want to make sure that this isn't something we need to chew on and only find two or three people. Don't send a survey to the worship team. Mm. Don't ask 95 people and say 75 out of 95 agree. Mm. Just just circle the shrink the circle. And then I'd say filter well. Um, again, lean on some people you can trust. Uh, some things I there's an incredible book, old school book called Heart of the Artist, mm. Rory mm. Nolan. Yeah. Great yeah. resource. Mm. Really, really good. And he puts some things in there when he's talking about all that as he says, um, Avoid maximizing the negative and minimizing the positive. Mm. Um, we tend to do that. We make a bigger deal out of the negative things than we do the positive things. Um, and, you know, you might get five comments that the worship service was just fantastic this weekend and one comment that it was not great. And <laughs> we spend all our time focusing yeah. on the negative instead of the positive. So I'd talk about that. I'd, I'd think about that. Um, avoid black and white thinking. This was a big one for me. If one person said the worship service does it wasn't great, it doesn't mean the worship service wasn't great. Mm -hmm. It's just it's it's we tend to take one little comment or one little thing and we just paint the whole rest of the service that way. Yeah. Or maybe you're in a service and one song didn't quite go like you wanted it to go. Um, the fact that we would then walk away from that service and go, man, that whole service just wasn't great. When in reality just one song didn't go as well as you wanted it to. Mm. So avoid black and white thinking it's not always all black and white. Ignore, this is, that's a strong word, but I would ignore hyperbole. Ignore hyperbole. Okay, break that down a little bit. Okay, so what I mean by that is it's very rare. The only person that can get away with hyperbole is the Lord. Mm. When it is said of the Lord that he always does something or mm. he never does something the only person <laughs> that is true of is the lord mm, hyperbole mm. only works with the lord so when someone comes to you and says every sunday this you never sing hymns mm. you always do that song it's always too loud mm. the bass is always too high in the mix those words which let's be honest the reason why people bring those criticisms to us and use those words is for effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the yeah. truth. It's not true. Ninety. I mean, guys, we can sit here and say we know most of the time when someone is using hyperbole, it is not true. It's just they're using that for effect. And so I'd say ignore it. Filter those out. Don't necessarily ignore the criticism, but ignore the hyperbole mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like say, okay, so if someone says this always happens. We always do that. You always do this. That never happens. Um, uh, every time this, blah, blah, blah. If you know that that's not true, then don't process it like it is true. Mm. You can still take that criticism and think about it, but just be really careful. And then, too, as a worship leader, be careful with how you throw around hyperbole. Mm. Mm. Um, hyperbole is just really dangerous. Most yeah. people just use it for mm. dramatic effect, mm. and it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, all of us have heard, well, everyone in the congregation oh, thinks gosh, you yes. should do this. All the people group, yeah. in my yeah. small group think this. Yeah. All yeah. of the older people in our church feel this way. And all I'm saying is don't don't ignore what they're saying. 
just, I feel confident anytime anyone uses hyperbole like that, you can realize it's, it's being done for effect more than it's being done from yeah. something factual. Yeah. Scott, have you found yeah. that to be true for you? Uh, probably. I mean, yeah. I just, I, it, for me, you have to like cut through language, yeah, right? There you go. Yeah. And find out what the heart or what people are really, really yep. saying. Yep. Um, you know, I'm super interested in, um, you, you have said before, which I was like, wow, that's astounding. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to rephrase some of, some of what I think, think you've said, but it's basically like anybody who comes up to me on a Sunday and speaks to me, sends me any criticism that I get is not any criticism that comes from a human is not the greatest criticism right. I've ever received. Sure. Yeah. Break that down for us. Yeah. I, um, in a book, another great resource called, um, worship matters by a guy named Bob Coughlin. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a good oh, yeah. say. I thought he was guest on the podcast. Yeah. Um, incredible resource, incredible book. He said that all of us, if you're, if you're listening to us today and you're a worship leader and you would say you have a relationship with the Lord and the relationship with the Lord is based on the fact that you know him as your savior, mm -hmm. the harshest criticism you will ever receive is nothing compared to the criticism that you willingly swallowed when you agreed that there was nothing you were ever going to be able to do to ever be able to earn heaven. Mm. The mm. fact that Jesus said that we were so lost and never going to be able to earn a relationship with him, that God said, you will never be able to do that. You are so far gone. You are um, a sinner to the extent that I needed to send my son to die in your place. You will never in your life receive as harsh a criticism as you did the criticism that drove Jesus to die on the cross for you. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, I, one of the things the book says is I said, um, and it, it's probably why many of us resent criticism because we really don't believe what God has said about me in the cross. No. I continue mm -hmm. to believe that there must be some aspect of my life, no matter how small or pitiful that does meet the standard that is praiseworthy, that is, that is worth the merit or beyond inspection. And this is what, just my last little thing, what he said here is he said, in light of God's judgment and justification of the sinner in the cross of Christ, we can begin to discover how to deal with any and all criticism by agreeing with God's criticism of me in the context of Christ's cross. Mm. I can face any criticism that man may lay against me. Mm, mm. In other words, no one could ever criticize me more than the cross already has. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it just, it just gives us a, it just helps all of us realize that we have had to swallow what would have been the ultimate criticism of us mm. when we chose to accept Jesus as our savior. And with that, grace yeah absolutely. Right? here came the criticism absolutely. from my father and came grace absolutely. from my father Come on. that's right so what do you got for me yeah, right exactly. what are you going to bring to me right it's not going to hurt any more more no, than that but never. i don't have to stay in that never man that frames it up so so well sam yeah. well, man that's so good man and i i would to be straight up i wish i had heard that Oh, you know, amen. 20, amen. six too. years ago oh, when yeah, I was starting amen. out. And so if you're just starting out, man, take that and, and build your foundation on that. Um, as you're, as you're related, as it is related to, to criticism or feedback or whatever. Uh, so Sam, uh, I know you listen to the podcast Oh yeah. and you know, we end every interview with what we call the big room question. We could gather every worship leader and all their volunteers and every production leader and all their volunteers. We gathered them all in one big room. And we gave Sam Lynn a microphone. What would you want to say to that room? Well, um, because I've listened from episode one, I've heard every person answer this question and have certainly spent some time thinking about if I was ever asked the question, what I would say. But I'm also the kind of person that is less likely to have something that I've held on to for 25 years and more likely to share what God's been stirring in my heart during that season. A um, couple of weeks ago, I was given the privilege to, to actually give the message at our church and was assigned. We were in a series in Ephesians and I was assigned um, a, a portion of Ephesians that included Ephesians 5.1. Mm. 
And Ephesians 5.1 says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you're his dear children. And so what I would say to that room full of people is I would say, be a child of God who imitates our father rather than impersonates him. Say that last part again. Say it one more time. Yeah. Be a child of God. And I think this could apply to every worship leader, tech person, pastor. The passage of scripture says, imitate God, therefore, as dearly loved children. I think God would have all of us be children who imitate our father rather than impersonate him. And here's, I took a lot of time as part Mm. of that message and I kind of dug into that. Um, impersonation is copying someone's voice or mannerisms to entertain or even to deceive Mm. imitation is copying the voice mannerisms or character of a person out of admiration. Impersonation impersonation is pretending to be another person. Imitation is sincerely attempting to be like that person. Come on. Following them as a model, as an example, and as a pattern. Impersonation wants you to think I sound or act like someone, but imitation desires for you to think I am like that person. Impersonation is short-term. Imitation is long-term. You simply observe someone to impersonate them, but you study someone to imitate them. Come on. Come on. Impersonation requires an awareness of a person, just an awareness of them. Imitation requires a relationship. Mm. Impersonation, I'm going to say it, is fake. Mm. Imitation is sincere and real and genuine. Mm. Impersonation glorifies the impersonator. Imitation glorifies the one being impersonated. Or excuse me, imitated. The one being imitated. Um, I get emotional talking about it because, again, it's something God has done in mm. my life. And it, But if my goal is to imitate God, if my goal is to be like Jesus, to be like God, then all else, everything else in my life flows out of that desire, flows out of that commitment. And if so what God's been teaching me, what I want to share these people is that, so the goal for all of us is to be as much like the Lord as we can be, not checking boxes, not saying what the world would want us to say, which would be, Scott Longer, you just need to be the best Scott Longer you can be. No, God is not calling us to be the best we we can be. He's calling us to be like him. Mm. And here's the great part. This is the part that I, that I really feel strong, and I so want to be an encouragement to everyone who's listening. Here's the really great part. That is not something we do for him. That is something he does through us. It's not something that just happens. It's a process. No matter where you are in that process, it's called the fancy word for it is sanctification. You're born again. You become a child of God. And this is the process of over your lifetime, you become more like him. One of my favorite verses. Galatians 4, 6 says, and because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba Father or Daddy. And so when that happens, then becoming like him is something that's happening to me, something I'm receiving, not merely copying. And as his dearly loved child, his love for me is what empowers me to imitate him. So you can tell God's been doing a lot in my life about that. Um, Imitation, plus we can just sit here and we can just all of us realize, I said earlier that imitation requires relationship. It should go without saying that that means that one of the biggest things we can do for our teams, that we can do for the people we lead, is to cultivate our relationship with Jesus, um, Mm -hmm. to imitate him requires relationship with him. And if I was going to do my best imitation of Brian, it requires that I hang out with Brian, that I do life with Brian, Mm -hmm. that Brian is a part of my life. He is a significant part of who I am. And I know enough about Brian that I can imitate him. And friends, if you don't do life with God, if you don't, if you don't cultivate your relationship with God, I hate to say it, but if you don't do that, then you might be able to impersonate him, but you will not be able to imitate him. And so 
church leaders, what our team needs from us more than anything else is for us to be imitators. Come on, come on. Not impersonators. And you lead your team well in that and you watch what God will do in and through you. Come on, come on. Boom. Pick up that mic and drop it. <laughs> I feel like we need to pass it an up, offering plate it. or something. <laughs> Man, that is that is good stuff, Sam. I kind of just, I'm sorry, I just Very preached rich. a little part good. of my message. It's good, but, man. It's but good. man, that is, that's what God's been doing fresh yeah. in me. And I want nothing more, you guys, than mm. to just, I want to be more like him. Amen. Mm. Everything else, all the other things in my life that I want, all the other things, to be a good dad, a good creative arts team leader, to be a good um, father, to be a good husband, to be a good leader in my church, to be a good son, friend. All of those things happen if I'm desiring to be like God, to be like Jesus. So good. Amen. Amen. Well, Sam, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your heart today. And um, guys, make sure you go follow Sam on the socials. What's your Instagram? My Instagram is samindiana47720. My Twitter is sammytwit is my Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So make sure you go uh, you go follow him. And guys, thanks so much for tuning in today and listening to episode 171. Yeah, hey, and just an invitation to be a part of uh, the WLP uh, family. And listen, an easy way to do that is just hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, if you would do us this uh, this favor, if you go to Apple Podcasts and then click a five star review, uh, five star rating, and just leave a, a nice review uh, there, that really helps everything. And here's why: not so we can make more of ourselves, right, at right. all. Right. Like, but we want to be imitators of the Father and realize we're all in this together. Like, let's let's roll through through this so that the, at the end of time, as we walk through all the criticism, the Lord can mm-hmm. turn to us mm-hmm. and say, mm-hmm. "Well done." And I guarantee you, those who says "Well done" to are going to be people that travel together. So, so again, uh, hit subscribe, five star, nice review there. And uh, I know we've got some new parts of the families that have dropped by there. Chris V, thank you for, for that. Stevie Haynes, we see you, uh, leaving a a nice review there. And so we, uh, we just ask you to do the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. And guys, thanks so much for following us on all the socials. Uh, We're at worship leader probs on Instagram, Facebook, and the TikTok. And if you're brave enough to venture into Twitter, just look for the hashtag worship leader probs and you'll find us there. Uh, And thanks to our dear friends at Maven Media Productions. They're just the best. They're helping us edit the podcast, all the visuals you see and videos and all the stuff that's coming out about the podcast. That all comes from Maven. Uh, and so uh, if you are at a church or you maybe you have a company, a secular company or uh, just a, a ministry, whatever it is, and you need some help with uh, consulting, you need design help or social media uh help hit up, hit, hit up our friends at mavenmediaproductions.com. They're just amazing people. They love the Lord, uh, and they will, uh, they will crush it for you. So, uh, hit them up and thanks to our friend, Scott Hoke for our voiceover intro guys. We love you. Thanks for listening to episode 171 until next time. Deuces. Arrivederci.